With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I gotta let them know by price, I 
Miss Shaquilla Willis, what's going on? Hey, hey, hey. Good evening, everybody. I am You've well. Happy a good to week be so here. Far? Yeah, it's a busy week. It is a it today felt like a Monday all over again. Kind of groundhog day yeah. but I'm in this thing. <laughs> we made it. Yeah, it's been a, yeah, I know that's right. It's been a it's been an interesting one, I'll say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would de- and it's only and it's only Tuesday in this month. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, is this Monday all over? What is happening? I needed another day. A do over. So we, right, exactly. So y'all do me a favor, if you all do me a favor, and please uh, send one up for our our buddy uh, Takesha. She's not feeling well tonight, so she's not going to be joining us tonight. But, again, as always, um, you know, we got you covered. So um, tonight we yeah, got well, sitting in with us another. Yeah. So we got sitting in with us uh, another one of our team uh, our team tonight. So, and of course, y'all know Cuzzo is going to be uh, joining us real shortly. So. Um, before we go ahead and get started, is, let me make sure. Look, I'm having. I'm not gonna have. This is not gonna be a technical difficulty night. We're not, <laughs> not gonna do this. Look, I'm gonna have to start praying right now. So we can't do that. Um, let's go ahead and jump into the news. All right. All right. So, all right. So here we go. In the news, <laughs> did you see? I don't know if you saw. Last week, it was announced um, that there is, I don't know, did we talk about this last week? There was a, no, we did not. There is a merger announced last week that um, Time Warner, um, which is the parent company of things like, of companies like um, uh, HBO and uh, the cable company, um, is in talks um, with uh, excuse me, they have agreed to being bought out by AT and T um, for the price tag of like eighty five point four billion dollars. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, which is a merger of epic proportion. Um, so yeah, so I mean, you're talking about AT and T, which is the second largest. Um, second largest cell phone provider in the country, um, and Time Warner, which again has uh, a ton, a ton of, of stuff. So there are some issues that they've got to work through um, from a regulatory standpoint, because obviously one of the issue, one of the things that they they will not do supposedly is um, let you merge into a monopoly. Um, so there, of course, the regulators have to look at that to see if that's going to be an issue. Um, but what they're saying is, um, for instance, the combination will bring new competition to the cable television and advertising market. Um, that uh, they argued that and said that previous concerns from Comcast Corp's acquisition of N, uh, NBC Universal and in, in, um, in 2011 are outdated. So basically, what they're saying is um, those two companies tried to merge before um, Comcast and NBC Universal, and there was a lot of talk about it. But they're saying that they don't think that that's going to be an issue with this one. Um, they did um, release an article today in the Wall Street Journal that said that people were co- were concerned that with this deal that uh, AT&T will raise their prices, and the two CEOs uh, did an article today that said that they will not do that. So we will see. We will see. But this is a so, huge deal. 
Um, was Time Warner but, like in a lot of trouble prior to this, or was this just this is just no. purely a money move? Money move. We're gonna take over the game. So, okay. Yeah. What this I actually think they is, were, but had to. Yeah. What What this actually is is this is really uh it's not so much just a money move from a perspective because these are two totally different industries. So you're merging, like I said, you're merging AT and T, which is cell phone and cable, with Time uh-huh. Warner. Um, which is more um, niche cable and yeah, some other things like that. So it's not a, it's not like a direct merger of two you know two um, light companies. But what it really mm-hmm. does is again is it, it creates an advertising giant. Number one, number because you think about it. Um, a yeah. lot of your advertising is going to be mobile, and then mm-hmm. it's going to be um, on uh, on cable. And then, you know, as, as oh, that's people interesting. go to more subscriptions, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'm, your point is, go ahead, what you were saying. Oh, as, as people go to more subscription-based things, you know, you've got, like, the Hulus and Netflix and things like that, then I'm interested to see how that plays a part because, you know, you do have HBO that has those, but a lot of these companies um, don't necessarily have that. So it's going to be kind of interesting to see how that goes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you saying? I was just going to say, like here in Oklahoma City, I don't believe we have Time Warner in our areas. We are a Dish, Cox, DirecTV, um, and I believe U-verse, yeah, U-verse is now becoming more prevalent, but for a long time you couldn't even get U-verse in a lot of places. So I'm wondering if with AT&T, being already a service that's provided here, if Time Warner will start to move into our space um, in this area as Time Warner, or if it will just be bigger under like the U-verse umbrella. I could see that going in different ways that they're trying to branch out as far as branding is concerned. But the point you just made is everything right now, because I am thinking of completely getting rid of cable altogether and going to the Wi-Fi fire stick situation. There's just more mm-hmm. available that way. And I, I also have a mm-hmm. Netflix subscription and, and it's just, there, there definitely has to be some changes made to the model um, as far mm-hmm. as cable is concerned. And I wonder, I, I agree. I, I'm also intrigued in how this is going to go with the whole, mobile revolution and the change in how we watch television because I am throwing away money monthly and I can't wait to get out of this damn deal because it is anything but a deal, you know, but you're like locked in, you know, it's either pay this bill or get this 500 charger to go to your credit and, you know, all this other stuff and, you know, it's just crazy. So as soon, I mean, as soon, it's on my calendar, as soon as that day comes, I'm canceling and there will be fire sticks everywhere. Because that, you know, you know I, I think, think if these cable companies don't get with it, a lot of people will be doing that. You, you know, yeah, I agree with yeah. you. I totally agree with you. But the other part of that, there's a third component to this that when I, as I thought about it, um, when this first was announced on Saturday when I saw it, is that I think that this is a great opportunity for, you know, the way the industry works is, you know, you have contraction, um, you have expansion, and then you have contraction. But it also in the part of in the, once you get into a contraction phase, that also opens up the opportunity for other businesses, other new businesses to come in the, come come in the field. So right now you have you know um, some very large companies, and if all of those large or if you start seeing some of those large ones come in, then you got some smaller ones that can come in and say, okay, we can't compete with. Um, 
uh, AT&T on, you know, on whatever, but we can compete like this. So we might be more smaller. We might be lower priced. We might, you know what I mean? So they can come in and start yeah. trying to do things like that. So it just opens up the opportunity, excuse me, for new businesses and for more entrepreneurs who want to come into this space to have an opportunity to really play. So I think it's cool. I think it's, you know, you have to kind of look at it from that perspective is, mm. you know, like you said, when I get pissed at AT&T, I got to go somewhere. Oof. And where do you go? Where do you go? Yeah, you're right. Because you, you there's a certain connectivity that we all have to our, our television, as much as we like to say we don't. There, everyone is in one way or the other connected to something, even if it's, you know, your news. So we, there, there, there is a, there's a market, and it's not going away. It's just changing. So, yeah, this one will be interesting. I hadn't heard about that. It's going to be really interesting. I'm, inter- I'm, I'm definitely um, uh, watching this. And then the other part of that I had to think about was, Who's next? Because you know, again, you've got you've got these other you've got these other companies out there like your um, you know when you're talking about your your cable companies. Really, now you've got your smaller regional cable companies that now can be at play. Plus, you've got your number three and number four cell phone carriers that now have to go out and try to do something because so number three is um, T-Mobile. And so who does T-Mobile, you know, if they choose to, want to try to partner with and merge with? Or who does Sprint want to try to partner or buy in order to, you know, increase and, and continue in competition? Or do they just say, hey, listen, we're comfortable in the, in the cell phone space, and that's all we're going to do. So it's, it's interesting. It's going to be real interesting to see how this, how this plays out because, again, it's, it's opportunity there. I think if Sprint and T-Mobile were to merge together just in cell phone service in general, life would be so much greater for everyone. The service that T-Mobile offers, not the customer service that T-Mobile offers, coupled with the, the, the cool phones and the service reach that Sprint has would make one hell of a company. But for some reason, they just can't get right, and they, you know, they haven't, they well, don't agree. They yeah. don't pay me to make those decisions. <laughs> right. right. But I've, yeah, I've had um, both services, and I think if those two things, those, that is what is lacking in both both companies. The service lacks terribly in Sprint, and at mm-hmm. Sprint, as far as the customer service standpoint is concerned, but their phones are cooler, and they always, usually you can get Sprint service somewhere. Mm-hmm. T-Mobile that may be hit or miss. Their plans aren't always the best, but that service is A1. Mm-hmm. You will get good service when you call T-Mobile. Yep. And that's new. Now, so I will say, but that is new. Mm-hmm. Um, with, even with T-Mobile, you know, five years ago, that was customer service was not their thing. And so, um, yeah, so I can definitely see, you know, what you're saying, because especially now, because now, you know, now that this has happened, They've got to say, wait a second, is it beneficial for us, like you said, to come together um, and figure mm-hmm. this out and work together? And if so, then you got to answer the question, now, who's going to run this? Because, again, the head of T-Mobile is a beast. You know, he, he's doing his thing, whereas the head of Sprint, I mean, we don't really know who he is, but, I mean, really the brand right now, you know, but they're doing their, uh, excuse me, T-Mobile is hot. So mm-hmm. it's T-Mobile by Sprint, the Sprint by T-Mobile. You know, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird yeah. way, to try to, way to try to merge two different um, cultures and to figure out, like you said, does it really work? Or, again, do they merge together and then try to look out and find a cable company or another media source that they can come together with just to make 
you know, to compete because ultimately yeah. they still have to get into the ad game and they have not yet figured out to buy the ad game. Now, here's just if, like if they want to, another interesting thing would be is if they figured out a way to merge uh, maybe not with a cable company if, if the goal is advertising, but maybe with some type of social media networking so or network. So let's just say LinkedIn and you know and and them came together. You know, even though it's two totally different businesses, again, it's opportunities for you to um, be in a space where there are a lot of people. There's opportunities for ad ad revenue. There's opportunities to you know go do a lot of business to business sales. So I mean, it's just it's it's a couple of different ways that they can go. But yeah, this is gonna be interesting, and I can ramble on and on forever about this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could probably see it if I get going. Right. So, yeah. And the yeah. two of us, yeah. yeah, we gotta break that up some type of way. <laughs> yeah. They be like, uh, ain't y'all got a topic tonight? Y'all supposed to be talking about right. something. And we we've talking about entrepreneurship the whole time. Yep. Easily. So all right, cool, cool. What else is going on? So we've got what, two weeks left um in the election till till November eighth. So we got about two no, not even two weeks. Yeah, about two weeks left. And, um, yeah, these numbers are starting to look pretty interesting. So yesterday there was a story that was released on, I believe, on Fox, um, where Carl Rove, who is um, one of, you know, the Republican, or used to be, uh, main guys, basically came out and said that there really is no way for Trump to win at this point, um, that it's not going to (laughs) happen. So... You know, it's not going to happen, and um, at best, he said, at best, he sees Trump um, Trump getting about 180 uh, electoral college votes, and obviously that's not enough to win. So uh, several of the states that were close, um, he have now flipped. So, you know, we talked about last week, states like North Carolina um, were, were pretty – were kind of close, but since this whole um, – uh, Access Hollywood, Mike saying he's kind of just like we're seeing Hillary Clinton's lead go further and further. But again, there's still um, a interesting um, debate going on whether or not minorities are still going to, you know, are still going to come out and support because you have a lot of millennials and a lot, you know, who are saying that listen because we don't like either one of them. We're not voting at all, and so there's that debate still going on where you've got people saying listen, you have to vote. Um, and then some saying, no, I don't have to vote, but so because I don't like either one, I'm not going to vote for him. So it's still pretty interesting right now. It looks like it's saying that she's going to get projected to get 200 and I think it's the 280 electoral college votes. So, and you need know, what, 234 to win. So pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Colin Powell comes out and says that he's voting for um, Hillary Clinton. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, and he's a, you know, He's a, a, a registered, well, well, I don't know if he still is, registered Republican. So pretty interesting. So pretty interesting week of politics. So how, are, how are you with um, with, with, uh, with the election? You think it's over? You think he still had a shot? Um, it's hard. I, I, I have learned in this past year to not say that it's over at any point because this man never ceases to amaze me as far as his comeback mm-hmm. game. 
um, or his really mm-hmm. never go away game. Like he never really goes away to come back. It's never you can't really even call it a comeback game. But he just kind of simmers in his area. Um, I think it doesn't look very promising. Like it's going to be hard for us to believe that it's legit if he does win at this point. Um, mm-hmm. Because of how ridiculous things have gotten, and how just outland, just it just sounds crazy. Listening to his correspondents try and um, take up for him, listening to <laughs> listening to the spoofs. And have you seen? Did you see Saturday Night Live? The Melania M- Melania aid. Oh my God! I will have to share this. I did not. They did a spoof on the. Um, the I'm not sorry, the Beyonce, uh-huh. I'm not sorry. Oh, my God. And it's Melania, Omarosa, the Tif- Tiffany, Ivanka, and um, Kellyanne Conway, the, the, the campaign manager. Okay. Chick. So they are, okay. the, they are the crew, and they all have verses <laughs> explaining why they are done with Donald. And it is hilarious, hilarious. Yeah, and then they did a spoof this past weekend with Hillary, and they had me and James, like, literally in tears, where they kept throwing up the women, the women, the mistresses, all these mistresses. And in front of, they did a, <laughs> Hillary goes, oh, I'm so sorry, the women, the women, you're pulling the mistresses, oh, I'm not going to go on. And then she goes straight face, like, I am made of steel, this is nothing. And she waves out, hi, girls. Like, I said, that was perfect. <laughs> because it so displays yeah. how over it she is as far as, like, do you think? 30 years in this game fighting tooth and nail with men that she really goes and cries in the car over mistresses at this point. Like she's running for president. (laughs) She does not care. You can line every bitch she's ever fooled with (laughs) up in in the first five rows and she would care not. She probably has tea with them every six months or something just to to, to, to keep (laughs) everybody's stories aligned, make sure everybody ain't making no waves and life goes on. You know what I mean? That's the type of chick that I see her as, which is why she may not be my bestie in my head, but when it comes to running the country, giving the two of them, I'm, you know, I, I don't have any shame in saying it. Look, it look, I have no problem casting my vote for her in comparison to him. Like, I, I have no mm-hmm. problems about that. We can go back and forth about the whole third party, and if we never, like, that doesn't matter to me at this point. In two weeks, we're going to have to cast for one or the other, and mm-hmm. I just, you know, that's just kind of where I'm rocking at this point. But I, I love the hilarity that's coming from this. It's given us good entertainment for the last, for the last year, but, you know, this it's scary true. as hell to think of as far as politics are concerned. Now, did you see yeah. um, Did you see President Obama's, um, uh, uh, was it a Jimmy Kimmel or whatever show he was on? Did you see that when he was reading no. supposedly the, the, most, the nastiest tweets or something? Well, oh, he read one of those. He read a tweet from Donald Trump that said um, uh, Barack Obama will go down in history as the worst president ever, or something like that. It was something to that effect. And so he responded with, "Well, at least I'll go down as president," and dropped it, and took the paper and dropped it like you know, like he dropped the mic when he did his speech. <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh, ooh!" I'm like, ooh. Oh, did he do it? He did it. He did yeah, it. So, yeah, <laughs> he did it. He did it. So, yeah, um, that was it. But what, do you think that, I mean, what do, what's your take on the whole idea that that a person should or has to vote? Because, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are playing, um, 
you know, I plan this, you know, because not playing, but saying that because, you know, our our, you know, grandparents, you know, fought for the right to and died for the right for us to vote, then we should, you know, vote because it's a, it's a privilege that they fought for it. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that people should vote just for that reason alone, even, you know, if they don't care for any of the candidates or, you know, or what's your thoughts? I, I do see the historical aspect of that as far as why we would vote because of the fight that we had, you know, that our ancestors had to endure for us to fight. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, for that, I, 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 I can co-sign that. The real reason why I think that it doesn't really make all that much sense to not vote is what does it do when you don't vote? And what does it hurt when you do? Like, everyone can tell me all day that, you know, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Okay. That's fine, but what if it does, and you are and you don't vote like what what mm-hmm. does it do for you? How does it inconvenience you, or how do you personally feel somewhat pained or obstructed in any way because you go into that booth and you check the box like that's I don't understand that protest non voting you know even if that's well you what don't does like that do the, you don't like the candidates if you don't like either of the candidates then their 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 perspective, but that's is, not the only thing on that like ballot candidate. at that particular time. Well, right. the people who okay, refuse so to I'm go out and so you're saying oh, okay. go ahead, I'm sorry. Um, go ahead. I mean, if you don't like the, I don't know. I I don't want to hear you fussing later on. I'll say that. I just think there's a level of maturity. There's a level of maturity that you have to have about the situation. You know, you know me, Wynn. Like, I just, I, I'm, I'm trying not to confuse it with a bunch of other stuff. Like, at this point, don't talk yeah. to me about nothing after November 8th if you didn't put your butt in the booth and clap and check a box. I don't care. Like, when we go yeah, up for things that. at work, when there's all kinds of situations where you could care less for either one of the people, but you still have to make a choice. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. still have to make a choice. That's life. So I don't know why we choose to kick and scream and fight so hard for something that we're so convinced we have no control over anyway. That's what I'm saying. Like, what difference is it making you not going? You're not making any difference. You're not making any stance. You're not doing anything by not going and checking. But who cares if you don't go? Like, there's not going to be a group of people on the tent that say, yeah, we didn't vote. See what happened? Like, what? you're still going to have to mm-hmm. do whatever happens under this particular president. So to me, that's just mm-hmm. like I said. I won't have anything. I will. Your opinion will matter not to me if you if you're one of those people who say, "Well, I ain't voting for either one of them," because you chose to not have any choice. So you don't get to choose any further. Comp- like you don't get to have a dog in that fight going forward. You are gonna get in with the rest of us, fall in line, and do what we gotta do. Like that's that because mm-hmm. that seems. I don't. I don't believe in arguing over things that have no point. That has no point. When yeah. we in four years, when we get ready to have another election and there's a third party candidate, then go hard for them. Convince people that it's time to vote. Get your votes. Learn. Learn. Educate yourself about this process so that when it does come time around for you to vote, and since you're so conflicted, you know, so adamant about it not mattering, make it matter. Like do something about it to make it matter. Otherwise, you're just sitting in the corner fussing about a, pro- a process that you're not doing anything to change. And I'm thinking we mm-hmm. screwed it up this go around. Like we thought we were gonna be gravy, and then here comes Trump, and he messed it up for everybody. And we all still here sitting looking stuck complaining. All we have are complaints yeah. still. So at this point, if y'all you are still going to do is complain, I have no words for you. Like keep it pushing. I I want to deal with mm-hmm. the solution creators. Like those are the people that I want to deal with. You know the big kids. Yeah. Let's deal with the people who have big kid pants on. Stop that temper tantrum. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. You know, I think I get I get it in terms of you know not wanting to necessarily pick 
you know, pick, I, I, my thing is if you really don't feel like you don't, then I can't tell you not to vote. I can't, but I do think again that you've got to go in there. Um, you got to go in there and at least look at your local stuff. You got to go in there and say, uh-huh. okay, listen, I still have, you know, uh, senators and people like that who need who I need to vote for, uh, even if you don't pick somebody for president. Because again, that's really, especially local, the local part of the election where I have. Also, I think I heard somebody make a statement where I agree. Said that listen, that that our that we have the privilege of voting. It doesn't mean that you just because we have the privilege of doing something doesn't mean that you have to do it, especially if you disagree with it. And I, I get it. You know, again, like I said, I'm not mm-hmm. telling anybody not to vote, but I don't think that you're any less appreciative of what our forefathers did. If you say because I am so against um, what these people stand for that I no longer want to participate, I, I no longer want to vote. I, I can't say that. Again, I'm not going to do that. But I, I can't say to somebody that you're, you know, like I said, that you're being disrespectful to the process because you choose not to vote. I, I just don't, you know, because ultimately my stance is, guess what? Whoever gets in. Even though I have my choice, whomever gets in is going to steal. You know, my, cho- my my faith is not in them, and so I know that ultimately there's only a certain a certain am- amount of anything that they're going to control anyway. So I'm good. So I'm good. So all right, last but not least, let me jump into this story real quick. And this is one that I definitely I don't know if you heard about. So um, last so kicker NFL kicker. Josh Brown was released today um, by the New York football giant. Um, so do you know about this one? No, I read when you showed it to me, I read it, and I say the same thing. Deuces. Holla. Go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, Josh, so Josh Brown um, admitted last year that um, he abused his wife. And so um, what happened was the New York NFL giants, um, decided to suspend him for one game, uh, for the first game of the season when they traveled to London. Um, they suspended him, and he's been back on the team doing his thing ever since. Well, um, apparently um, the NFL or somebody, I don't know who, who all the sheriff report, that's what it was, came out. And they, of course, they caught this, they found this, and they saw how he had admitted to beating her. Not it was It wasn't reported. He admitted to abusing his wife. Um, and when when the NFL saw it, the NFL, again, only suspended him for one game. One game. Now, this is being compared to, uh, let me first say that he did say, he said that he never physically hit her, but he said he did say that he abused her and that he was, um, he was, it was domestic violence. Um, the problem is we had last year, we had Ray Rice, or was it the year before last, who was um, who had a domestic violence case, and the man ain't played a game since. You had Greg Hardy, um, who was accused of domestic violence, um, and again, and had to sit out six games, which is the baseline for the, which is the, the basic uh, penalty for the NFL is a six-game suspension, but Josh Brown got one game. So now, of course, now that there have been all types of issues and people complaining about it, now um, the league has again, excuse me, the the Giants have come out with a statement saying that they released him. They'll continue to support him during his 
what his counseling, but uh, but then they also defended the fact that they gave him a one game suspension in the first place, which I say yeah right. Um, so yeah, so he's gone, and um, the story continues. He's gone. Yeah, he should. It needs to go mm-hmm. like he's that and more often, and it shouldn't take he's that gone. long. Yeah. Yeah, he's gone. It, yeah. it shouldn't have took that long at all. But you know, did you read in the in, we've got in the in the post that you in the in the in the article that you sent that the NFL has a long-standing partnership with what is it the, my sister's house or sister's keeper's house the name of the the charity mm-hmm. that they work with the battered women's shelter and I thought to myself mm-hmm. really like really mm-hmm. the fact that you mm-hmm. as an organization have to have a long-standing partnership with a battered women's shelter I can only imagine where that relationship was birthed from. And can you imagine the deep, dark secrets that go between those two organizations and why we never hear anything about it? So, you know, do better for the whole thing. Yeah, this is good, but this is like that slap on the wrist while you turning them around to get the tail. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to pop your hand. Now give me that hand so I can spin you around and go on and finish this whooping. Like, that type of thing is how I feel about it. Because, like, deuces, dude, deuces. And that let that be a lesson to everybody else. I hope it trickles down. I hope all of them start to get exposed because that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, I, I don't I don't see it happening, but it would be nice. I mean, we got to stop putting nice. hands on women. It's just that simple. Yeah. We There's stop a culture. Hands women. Yeah, we got to do better. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work. Quit putting hit, quit hitting women. So, all right, that's all we got the news real quick. Um, we're gonna go ahead and take a break. After that, we are going to uh, jump into this topic. Um, on the state of black love. Yeah. Black love. Mm. So, <laughs> quiet we'll storm, right boy, Tony. Quiet storm. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so we're going to play uh, Chicago uh, by Yugochi, um, and this is in honor of our Chicago Cubs, um, even though I'm a Sox fan, but who are in the World Series as we speak, uh, game one. So, this is Chicago by you, Coach. You will be right back after the break on the scoop. This is my fight song from the night the shy group on. Child to my own, yeah. my hometown, 
there are far more of us, yes. Now, I'm not going to discount or discredit those parents, those mothers who are in the homes who there are no fathers, that that is their situation. Yes, there are some people that that is their reality. But if we are talking about black love as a whole, I have experienced, and in the outreach that we've had with the Scoop Group, with MOT from before the Scoop was ever even birthed, like the way that um, social media has allowed us as black people to have these types of conversations in open forums, there are far more of us who have experienced two-parent households or something similar to that. If there was not a marriage, there were two people, two two parents in the home. There were two adults in the home pouring into children. Um, we have the same issues. I've noticed that other other um, races have, except ours mm-hmm. are somewhat hidden because they have so much other stuff stacked on top of them. So we don't get to have the same conflict resolution strategies. We don't get to have the same counseling care groups and and warm and fuzzy places for us to go and get our help because our issues have not been able to identify with their issues. They've always been set apart. And I think that's so um, it's disheartening to us as black people trying to have love because we come into it thinking that our love is so different. The idea of black mm-hmm. love in itself, I think, is beautiful. But when we separate our love from other love as though it's got a certain set of rules to it, then that puts us, when it comes down to um, conflict resolution, when it comes to problem solving and building communities and things like that, we then, I think, make it harder for ourselves because we assume that there's a different way that we have to do it which means we, break, we, we, we are recreating the wheel for us when that's not necessary. That's not necessary at all. And um, it, it's mm-hmm. frustrating. It's really frustrating <laughs> just to watch because we try, and, yeah. we try and make it sound like it's something specific. Cause, and, yes, we do have our issues. We do. There are things because our men were taken from our homes when, when, back in slavery and then we were told that, you know, the, our, the white man was who we were supposed to depend on even then, when it, whether it was massa or it ended up being the government. And those types of generational curses are stuck with us. They're, I mean, generational um, experiences are stuck with us. They're in our DNA. It happens. It's there. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, big on, I'm big on accountability and being self-aware of what your particular situation is. You can still know that the hand that you've been dealt is, a not, is, not, a, is not the best hand in the world, but how you deal with that hand is what I think we mm-hmm. need to be dealing with, more so than, oh, you remember what happened. You remember how we got here. You remember how we got here. Okay, I do. I, I excuse me. I absolutely remember how we got here. But how are we going to move right. from here? You know, <laughs> what's going to be the vehicle to get us from here? <laughs> that that's where I get. So that's why I want a solution. You know, this type of thing. Yeah. And that's why I say it's I think, not. You know, I think that it's not. It's. I, I agree with you that it's not as bad as it's being portrayed. I think mm-hmm. what concerns me more is that it's going to get to the way where the yeah. way it's portrayed because what happens I think in a lot of instances what happens is things are introduced to us and then we adopt them you know they're excuse me they're introduced to us um, and then once they're introduced they are you know they're learned most of, a lot of the stuff is learned behavior and then once it becomes learned behavior we just say oh, this must be, you know, mm-hmm. this must be what it is. And so I mm-hmm. think what, what happens is is that we're starting to see 
some of, and maybe it was always there, and, and now that it's something that we see on a regular basis, it's just more acceptable, but we're starting to see some of the stereotypes that we saw on television or that we see on social media, we're starting to see people take those on. Uh, yeah. And I think that that's what makes me more concerned than anything else. Not that everybody, you know, grew up in a Huxtable house, but mm-hmm. that's not the truth. we yeah, grow up with the level of dysfunction that we see. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, like we we've seen it, and now it's it's indoctrinated in us. It becomes what we think is the norm, and then and then we start to emulate what we see because we think it's the norm. Yep. And that yep. scares. Well, me. that and that yeah. that's what really scared me about reality television. That scared you know the the Real Housewives of and the Love and Hip Hops and this. Oh, when that started, like mm, that that made me fearful. Because it not only did it show us having money, popping, being social, where, you know, <clears throat> the average person would really enjoy being, you know, everybody wants money, everybody wants to walk into a room and people know them and the hey girls and the hey, how you doing? Ooh, that's such a, like, that's the life that so many of us aspire to have. But then when you encase it with all of that drama, that really does not exist. Like, how many people do we really know like Nene? How many relationships do we really know that happen like where people are throwing, you know, drinks and flipping tables in restaurants and nice restaurants where we have evening gowns and throwing galas where we're throwing glasses at each other and flipping tables and we're yelling at our men and slapping each other and the the side chicks are coming. Like all of this production has now become our reality, like reality (laughs) when we we totally forgot that this was a production. This was only supposed to be entertainment. And that, and you're right. And that, thing, you know, start what? to see that in real life. It's crazy. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, and it's not to say that that stuff didn't exist. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. let's just be clear. Like, side chicks are not new. No. That's, you know no. what I mean? Like, that's not new at all. So it's not like you know, like the side chick is that. That's not new at all. So I think what what winds up happening is that now again, now that we it's become. Um, quote unquote acceptable, or it's become you know whatever whatever that again like I said that now instead of the side chick being the side chick and doing or the side dude I'm you know I'm not just saying that for women but you know mm-hmm. that that now because you see it on television and you come doing all the stuff that you're doing and you have access to social media to where you can easily you know make these kind of statements that again it's becoming. Like, oh, cool, well, that's what, like you said, that's what they did. And I might not know a whole, too many people who like NeNe's, but I surely can, off the top of my head, think of several people who think in their mind they Tamar Braxton. Yeah. I know yeah. several, you know what I mean? Like, that's I, true, I, I, you're I, right. That's you're right. <laughs> that people, there are, so I'm like, you, you're not even a good table. You know what I mean? Like, she's right, herself, right. and that's fine, do you, but... To em- but again, we emulate that because again, we see these big personalities and these big personalities mm-hmm. again. We start to emulate, and so and that that does make me concerned. I will I will admit that concerns me uh, more than anything. But so let me let me let's let me how do I get to this question? Do you think um, because one of the things that we we get to see, especially in the scoop group, is we get to see the back and forth between. Male and female, we get to see that. Mm-hmm. Why do you think there is such a huge um, inability? I'm gonna say it inability to take accountability. 
because I asked the question last night for those who are in the group. I asked the question on purpose. Um, do I believe that men hold men accountable? And then I asked the question: Do you, do of as men? Do you think? Excuse me, ladies. Do you think men hold other men accountable? And then I asked, and I flipped the question and asked the question: Like men, do you think ladies hold each other? And for the most part, nobody from the male perspective thinks none of a very few women thought that the men held themselves accountable. And the guys, you know, most of the guys said that they thought that ladies did. But why do you think there's such an inability or um, a lack or a desire to kind of take accountability or responsibility for what's going on in in our relationships? Because it shows that you could be wrong. Who wants to be wrong? We haven't gotten to the point where we all, we know that at some point we will be wrong, and I don't. And I think that we we have issues coming back from being wrong, and because there has to be apologies that come with being wrong. There has to be acceptance. There's at some point there should be forgiveness when you're wrong. And if you are in a point where if you're standing in a place where someone else gets to look at you and say, hey, homegirl, that ain't cool. Or look here, homie, I'm going to need you to get that together because that's not in alignment with what we are as men, with who we are as men. That puts us in a place of being wrong. And who wants to say that we want to be that person that's wrong? As mature as that might sound on the on the flip of that, and the moment, Personally, it's saying I'm doing something that is not right. And everybody is on that, oh, I, I give no, you know, I'm living free. I'm doing me. I don't care what you think. Like, everybody is in this it's all about me phase, and we forget about the people that we say that we love. So holding each other accountable gets pushed down to the wayside because a lot of the times I think we'd rather be cool than accountable. And we are willing to remove people from our lives that hold us accountable in the ways that we need to for fear of actually <clears throat> having to fess up and say what I'm doing is not legit. What I'm doing is not on the up and up. And um, I think it's so easy to point to the others because they are the opposite of us. We are women. We as women have this so-called facade of we are women. We have to stick together. But then our way of holding each other accountable is being petty and subliminals and throwing, you know, tearing each other down publicly. Mm-hmm. That's why men exactly, can say yeah. so easy. Yeah, that's why men can easily say, yeah, y'all hold us accountable. Y'all hold each other accountable because you see us bitching back and forth all the time with each other. So from God, that's how you all assume that we're holding each other accountable. And that's not what that is. That is not holding each other accountable. You know what I mean? That is that is tearing each other down because those things aren't given in love. That's not happening in a sister circle with drinks and candlelight and we having crying and, and we sitting and we talking and working through our stuff. That's not that's that's not what that is, you know what I mean? Because we don't right. we, we we don't embrace that. There are certain people that do that. There are there are women, and I'm not gonna you know because I'm in one of them. There are where we have our certain circles that we come to and we are hold it out. We lay it all out on the table. We are nothing but vulnerable. With they know they can look at you and tell my girl's not right. Pull her to the I'm side wrong, and get her together. Right. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Everybody has those ones, but this social the way we. Do this while we putting the people on blast or tag her, add her, do that, you know, call them out. All of that, like, yeah. all of that is that's not accountability. And I want our fellas to know no. that. So that was their opportunity to call us out. No, that ain't what y'all doing. Y'all think that's what y'all do. Y'all keeping it real, but y'all keeping it real right. messy. Like, that's what we need to yeah. hear because yeah. that's what it looks like. Yeah. You know, and it, it, and it, it may be funny as hell to watch go down on a post, but <laughs> you have to think of the destruction that's happening funny. to that relationship on the battle. Oh, some fellas love that. 
that. Some fellas love yeah, to watch yeah, women just like y'all love like cat it. fights. Right. You know, just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that's right. what gives us the fuel to keep doing it. You see him, he liked that girl, and that's how the inboxes go. You know what I mean? Like, we thrive on that, and it's it's crazy, but we have to keep that mess going. Whereas men, which is why we can't say as women that we think you all hold each other accountable, because y'all have enough sense for the most part to do it privately. Y'all do it in the gym when it's just y'all mm-hmm. after the game, and mm-hmm. y'all walk into the parking mm-hmm. lot, and you have words with your boy in the lot. That's when men do it, because y'all don't yep. like to be embarrassed. You all have a thing about right. public embarrassment. So if you really love sure. your boy, you're not going to put your boy out there like that for the public to see that he's messing up. That's not what you do. So, you know, that, yeah, I, I think yeah. we were really jaded in that. We we got yeah, that I one think wrong. that we figured out. <laughs> yeah, I think that we, yeah. I, I, but I think the bigger problem is, let's just be honest, I think in that discussion, the bigger issue is we don't like to say that we didn't, We I think most men didn't want to say that simply because they didn't want to deal with the backlash of the response. They didn't want to deal with the backlash of the response because to say you know, means now that then you're gonna you you're concerned that you're going to get hit with. You don't hold, but you don't hold such and such accountable when he do so. It's like, well, never mind. Let me just, you know, let me just say that they do, so I don't have to deal with with getting, you know, whatever, getting fussed at. So I'm just gonna do what I got to do. So and just agree with them on this one. And I think that's that's not fixing nothing. Though. That doesn't help it. That doesn't help it. No, it because doesn't. a lot of this fun and stunt that we're doing is for y'all. So if, at first, if we could yeah. at first understand that that's not cute to y'all, that would be a good way for us to stop it. Like, I'm just saying. No. Like, no, and, no. I, and I, I've had way too many conversations with men who have said just that thing. So I know what you said is absolutely 100% accurate. You all watch mm-hmm. us go through that back and forth and look like, damn, why, why would they about that thing? Really? Like, really? We do it? Mm-hmm. Really? You know what I mean? And I know yeah. that's what y'all thinking. And we go, and, and because we think you enjoy it or because you all might play into what we're doing and do those that back and forth with us, that then gives us room to continue that because now it's not even about the thing that we were talking about. It's now about the show mm-hmm. and that, and if we were to be told, cause and I'm sorry, I'm just going to be the one to say it, ladies, inbox me, you got an issue with it, but fellas, <laughs> stop coddling bad behavior. Stop rewarding bad behavior in us just to avoid mm-hmm. getting fussed at. If you're this big, mm-hmm. rough, tough man, and I get you got an ego, I get that you cry, I get that you get hurt, but you're the man. And if you can't watch these, these posts of these women who love and like and go crazy over the, ooh, I love it when he can check me, ooh, when he put me in his place, ooh, da 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 if you know we like that, stop letting us get away with this ridiculous behavior of tearing you and everything else down around just because so you don't want to make us mad. We'll be all right. And if she can't get over you letting her know she wrong, she ain't the one for you. Simple and plain. Like, and I know I that that is what's happening. It's stop it. Like, yep. we will get over it. Yep. We use that. We use the fact yes, that we know you would rather us not go off and you would rather us just move on with life so your life will be peaceful than to actually hold there us accountable. Is. That's why you're not there happy because you're being quiet to avoid the storm. The storm is coming, homie. <laughs> it's coming. So <laughs> the faster you get in there and fix it, the, the, you might have a little sprinkle as opposed to a severe thunderstorm. Like, stop it. <laughs> like, 
For real. And I'm just saying, we'll still be there. And she will respect you more for it afterwards. She will be okay. She done birth babies. She go to work with the folks that talk crazy. She got crazy mamas, sisters, uncles. Everybody around her she can deal with and talk crazy with them giving her life. She can definitely deal with it if she if you walk in life with her. Tell her the truth. Tell her, yep. her she's acting out and get it together. Like, stop it. Stop. You should she not be miserable in your home. Yeah, stop yeah. that. I said, what I said last week? I said, fellas, too many of us have chosen to give in and attempt to keep the peace when we were yep. supposed to lead. Yeah. If it's a different That's direction, she, needs. she would be a different direction. It says, uh, mm-hmm. excuse me, you're supposed to lead different Even if it means she was temporarily uncomfortable unhappy, or unhappy, God called you to lead. Mm-hmm. Simple and to the point. And that's I've done our it too. So I, you know, like I said, that's how in, in my past I've done it before too. Where it's like, well, shit, no, nah, no, nah, player, this is where we going. Let's go. <laughs> if you don't like it, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, you'll be okay. It'll be all right in the morning. So will she. Yeah, just like you right. get over yeah. it, so can she. She it'll can get over right. some stuff too. <laughs> yeah. And as a yeah. woman, I can say that I've gotten over some stuff. Yeah, you'll be all right. Yeah. And you actually, what's sad is in the long run, you're actually better for it. And But Absolutely. you're actually better for it because in the end, it's like, wait a second, this person actually took the time to look out for me, to care for me, to tell me that I was wrong, and to not let mm-hmm. me, you know, as we always say, be uh, function in my dysfunction. Like, okay, yeah. I was wrong. I can, I can get it together. And so I think we just got to get back to that place where, you know, where we're open and honest and accountable to each other and – you know, so we can grow together because ultimately that is the goal. The goal is for us to grow together um, instead of keep going back and forth and bickering amongst each other because that gets us absolutely nowhere. So I don't know. I don't know how we get how we get through that. Well, I do know how we get through that. So, so I sent you. <laughs> I sent. Um, I don't know about you guys. If you guys ever heard read the book called um, Love and Respect, uh, it's a very interesting book. <laughs> A very interesting book called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egrich, E-G-G-E-R-I-C-H. And he has this this thing called um, The Crazy Cycle. And if anybody's ever read the book, um, the the theory behind, not the theory, but what The Crazy Cycle says is, that is, is what he calls when we get into scenarios or situations or arguments where no one wants to, where we kind of go back and forth. Where as a man, you know, we um, when you bring me um, an issue, I say, well, I did this because you did this. You know, well, I did this because you did this. And when you did this, I did this because you did that. And, and we just go back and forth. Um, and so he calls that what, what he calls that is, is the crazy cycle. And in the crazy cycle, um, what he says is that when women feel unloved, they react disrespectful. They act, react disrespectfully. Um, and when a man feels disrespected, he reacts. Um, unlovingly, and so mm-hmm. there's this crazy cycle of disrespect um, and unloving behavior that continues to go back and forth and back and forth, and we never put ourselves in the position where we are able to um, solve the solution. Um, so, have you ever heard? Of, have you ever heard of this, the crazy cycle? No, I hadn't until you shared it with us. No, I've heard about it indirectly. Okay. I can pretty much identify it indirectly yeah. all day, but as far as the, and the, and the imagery, yeah. 
that's what I said in the, in the law. I, I had to remove that picture from it. I was like, oh, okay, I get this completely. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's real easy. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's, it's pretty interesting. So I have, I'm sharing this on my uh, social media page, too, for those who, who have never seen this. But I think it's, again, it's a very interesting um, a very interesting concept that I think that we've got to really understand. That again, like I said, it says on the graphic, it talks like I said that if a woman feels if a woman doesn't feel loved, she her response is to be disrespectful. If a man doesn't feel respected, then he withdraws his love. And um, man, I've seen that happen so many times. <laughs> I've I've really and, and we call it missing each other. So and the problem is when you do that and you communicate and you try to communicate where you don't feel loved or where as a man you don't feel respected then you don't hear each other. And what you wind up doing and what I think we spend a lot of time doing is talking past each other. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we'll say, you know, we'll we'll try to address or we'll try to address an issue and we can't ever really address the issue because the only thing we're doing is feeling unloved or disrespected. And you actually hear it. I mean, if you listen to it, you actually hear, you know, in arguments, I've actually heard myself um, or other men um, say it like, woman, you're going to stop disrespecting me. Well, you don't even act like you love me or care about me. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. um, wow. And we'll say that, but then we don't understand what to do in order to fix that. And so I think um, that if we can understand, number one, that this is what's happening uh, and that the only thing that could happen in a crazy cycle, like a hamster wheel, is that we keep going and keep running until eventually we get tired and one of us quit. Um, and I think that's what happens a lot of our in our relationships is that we just talk through each other, we talk past each other. You know what I mean? We don't. Yep. We, we don't hear. We each listen other. to respond. We don't hear each other. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is another reason why I really believe counseling is something that Black people really need to stop running from. Um, I think counseling is something that would be so key for our relationships, for our families, and for us as individuals. For so long, we have been afraid to go and get the help that we need to keep our lives together. And I don't mean keep them together as far as the, the counselor is the one who holds it. you got to go pour all your business out there. No. The fact that you can recognize that there is an issue, that you need a third party to come in and look at without any blinders, without any connection to either of you. Sometimes you need someone else to show you when you're doing just what you just said. When when you're having those conflicts, Mm -hmm. that argument that's not going anywhere, you're just talking at each other instead of to each other. You're to the point where now, like you said, you're talking past each other. A counselor is that one who can say, time out. Do you hear what she just said? You said X, Y, Z thing, and you heard W, X, Y. You know what I mean? And then this is not what she, mm-hmm. I heard her saying this. And at that point, sometimes you do need that person to come in and say, y'all, you didn't hear her. You didn't hear him. You're missing it. You know what I mean? And let someone who does not care one way or the other, because really when it's said and done, they don't, they, the goal is for you to be happy, whether that's for you to be together or for you to be apart. And if we come into it 
already thinking that the counselor is going to come at it from one particular aspect. Oh, it's not going to be for me. I'm not going to sit in that chair and that woman just tell me how I'm messing up. Or, you know, because that's what I've heard a lot of men say. They say they don't want to go into counseling because it's rigged against the man. They don't want to get in there and hear the the woman go on and on and on about how unhappy she is and how how wrong I am and what I need to do better. And I never get to say how I feel, which I totally get. Because there have been lots of counselors where that is absolutely what happens. And then on the flip of that, you get some of those counselors who are the complete opposite, who are giving women contracts on what they're going to do and making them sign things, and the men have no Mm -hmm. accountability. That You Mm -hmm. get bad apples in any profession that you're going to go into. There are some that are here for the right reasons, and there are some that are not. That's something that you – that's a risk you take with a dentist. That's a risk you take when you go to the regular doctor. So I don't know why we won't do the due diligence to do the research and find out is this person qualified to help me with this situation. But you first have to realize that there is a need for help. And I'm sorry, I'm a Christian woman. I'm a spiritual woman. I love to pray like the next person. But sometimes praying is not enough. You have to do something in addition to praying if you want your relationship to work. If you want to mend your family, you want to save peace and stop having anxiety attacks in the bathroom stalls at work, sometimes you need to go and talk to somebody, get it out, and have someone else give you that perspective to let you know you are not crazy. You are just as human as the rest of us, because a lot of the times that's what we need to hear. We thinking it's just us. Mm -hmm. No, it's whole books and Mm -hmm. volumes and case studies on folks just like you, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. like you, you know what I mean? And we, and we forget that as black people and we, we shun each other. We, we act like we have to hide it. Like there are couples who go through whole counseling and you never know. And that's okay. But a lot of the times your core crew could be the people that really help you move through that. Like, if your homeboys don't know you or your wife are going through counseling, how the hell are you going out to boys' night where you going to the club kicking it and doing all like that? Your boys need to know that kind of thing so that we can maybe go hoop this weekend instead of going out and having drinks. Those things can help you progress in your, in, in, in your, in your path. Same thing with ladies because that's what, that's what we do, nurture each other. But if you, y'all sneaking off the counseling on Saturday evenings at 645 where nobody is we gotta, we gotta, we have to help each other through loving each other. And, and that, yeah, so we can start talking to each other. Yeah, it can't be What'd a taboo say? subject, and, and we've got it can't no. be taboo. We got we got to get beyond that. Hey, real quick, let me yeah. let me bring on Don Petty, Mr. Don Petty, hey, hey, Ray. and then of course, and of course, Miss uh, our our wonderful editor and publisher and all other stuff, Miss and Miss Legala. So what's going on, y'all? Hello. Hey, hey, hey! Our yeah, words picked her up. <laughs> right. 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 So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you guys are jumping in at a pretty good at a pretty good time. So yeah, we're. I guess I think the biggest issue um, in the book, one of the things he does talk about that I think is pretty cool is that um, when you are in the crazy cycle, that at some point, and he actually says that at some point, somebody has to be the adult and stop it, you know, mm-hmm. and meaning, you know, somebody has to step in and say, listen, okay, it's my fault. Now let's fix it. And I think that's easier, you know, in theory, that sounds real easy. But, you know, sometimes in the heat of battle, it's very difficult for us to sometimes to just to sit back and say, listen, okay, you know what, I'm going to own, I'll own my part in, you know, I own what I did in this, and so how do we get to the solution? That's tough um, because, again, I think a lot of times when you're in the heat of battle, you want to feel like that you're, you're being heard, and sometimes that doesn't happen. 
So how do we get to a point where we can do that with each other, um, where we can stop? Because ultimately what the only thing the crazy cycle does or the only thing these arguments or blaming do is they just continue to wound each other. Like I'm dissing you, you dissing me. I'm talking crazy about you, you talking crazy about me. So how do we get to the point where we where we can where somebody can just say, I'm done. I'm it's my fault. Okay, how do we fix it? Uh, I'm Legale, what do you think? Like I'm just gonna throw you right out there. Right uh-huh. away, so. <laughs> well, one, um I think the biggest issue is just this low lack of communication and and poor communication and yes. There, I, I really agree with therapy and prayer and all of that, but when you get home, you have to put everything you've learned about yourself. If you read a book or whatever it is, if you just went and talked to your mama, put it into action when you get home and then don't give up on yourself and don't give up on your partner just because you fall back into old habits or whatever. Okay, pick it up, try again, and let's do this thing right because there was a reason we got together in the first place. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cousin, what you think? Uh-huh. Um, I heard it said earlier, and, I mean, I, you know me, I totally agree with the we have to actually listen to care what the other person is saying as opposed to, you know what I mean, just listening to be combative. I think that, uh, you know, as far as choosing to raise your hand and say, okay, that's my bad, that's just a grown move. And sometimes, you know, I, sometimes you got to just suck it up and take the blame even when it ain't you because, it's like a lot healthier to not be arguing than to just be entangled in some mess that really ain't no mess. Just somebody got to raise their hand. Find the smallest line of climbing. Like, I know people always say, be the bigger person. Like, that's really what it is. Just be the bigger person. Because ultimately, the goal is to stay together. And if that's what you're really trying to achieve, who cares if you take the blame? Like, who cares, man? That's small. I always say, I always say that sometimes you have to be willing to lose an argument to win the other person. Mm-hmm. Like if we lose this or, argument, me, what is the greatest you, thing? you or I get to I'm win say, you. I probably used to tell me all the time but, uh, that you got to, what was it you got to, uh, it's not about winning the battle, it's about winning the war. It was like, because many battles were fought, but did you win the war? <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, that's what it's all about, man. You can take the L in the battle, but don't take the L in the war. Yeah, and and for those of who don't understand that, that means you lose the person. You lose the person. You lose the relationship. You wind up being in the position where you are, you know, where where you're sitting there going, "Dang, what happened? I thought we had such a good, re- yeah, such a good relationship. What happened? How did it end like that? You know, over." something that, you know, that we would call petty. Like, that was petty. That was, you know, and I, I, again, I've said this before about my own stuff. I've been I've been in relationships before where when you sit back and think about it, it's like, that wasn't even worth it. Like, did we really just break up over, we got into it over that? That was stupid. Because, all because <laughs> sometimes you don't really want to just say, all right, I did it. All right, my bad. Now let's fix it. How do we fix it? Um, staying together, but just staying miserable, and just everybody just goes off right. their own thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And, and again, yeah, and I, and I think what you said, Madela, that's 
Yeah, I think that's a that's a you know something that that we've seen I've seen for generations. I mean, like you know, we talk a lot about how you know we think that they're the bigger issue, or excuse me, that relationships are worse now. But I mean, I can how many grandparents do we know or that we've seen stay together but they hate each other, or they sleep in different bedrooms because they don't want to be around each other, or you know they pretend in public that they like each other, but as soon as they turn around. You know, they talking crazy. You know what I mean? It's like this is how do we do that? You know, and so mm-hmm. I think we gotta we gotta realize again that these are like like my like Q says initially, we've gotta do some things, you know, whether it be counseling, whether it be whatever, to start saying, Listen, I want my relationship to be I want my relationship to be healthy. I want it to be happy, you know, I want it to be something that, you know, that I can enjoy and not something that I don't look forward to. So, yeah, I, should be say, I definitely at their agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. I you definitely agree with you on that one. I yeah. said no one should be miserable in their own home. I think if you are, yeah. I, I don't, I don't think yeah. you should delay a, a small situation for long. If you know you letting this particular thing ride is only going to add insult and injury, and add, is only going to feed the monster that you know is there. At some point, you're going to have to fight that. So I, I'm all for, you know me, I'm all for picking and choosing your battles, especially to win the war. But if your war is within your home and you just having little battles here and there and there is no war being won, then, like, that's when <clears throat> you have to realize the difference and know when yeah. you are fighting against yourself. When you are sitting there and you're, you're being a victim to your own household, at that point, you're, you need to stand up. Like, at that point, that's survival of self. And for the whole ship, because that's not a healthy relationship when no one gets, no, you know, when, when someone's miserable within their home. That's just, that's not. Not at all. All right, real quick, yeah. let's go ahead. Let's take a break. We're going to come back because then we're going to, after, after this break, we got to knock out. We're going to do this hot topic. Uh, so, Ooh. yeah. So we're going to do oh, that man. Right after the break. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Take your medicine now, cause you thought you missed it. Play some dogs. I need all the Jesus I can get right now. <laughs> we go play. We go play some gospel. So we gonna play. Uh, this is gonna be Leah Joel. This is uh, Control Freak. We'll be right back. We're gonna jump on a hot topic and then we're gonna continue this conversation on the scoop. What is it that you see that you want from me? Why not let me be
All right, all right. That was Joelle McClish with um, Control Freak. And we are going to go ahead and get into our um, hot topic, which is one that yesterday um, we got about 300 some odd comments, I believe, on it when all was said and done. So this one got us talking. Um, so we posted a meme with a gentleman on the front um, named Derek. And the meme said, Derek makes $12 an hour. After bills, he has $75 a week to spend so he can't afford to buy his kids clothes and gifts, and he doesn't pay child support. Is Derek a deadbeat? So I'm going to lead into this conversation stating that I don't have my own personal child support situation to lend to this particular story. So watching these um, comments and listening to how we have um, dealt with this particular issue, co-parenting, child support, the responsibilities that it takes, um, the responsibility and requirements that it takes to take care of children um, was interesting to see, especially how it was communicated between men and women. So, like I said, this particular post got lots of comments in the scoop group. Um, it, it ended up being 300 some odd, and it was very interesting to see how a lot of the women um, would say that $75 a week is ended up being like around $300 a month. So with that, something should be able to be done considering bills are already paid. Um, then there were other women who were saying that, or other people, because I can't even say just women. I'm not even going to generalize it like that because some of the fellas came through and saw both sides of this quite accurately. Um, but they're, they're asking, are, is this brother able to spend time with these kids? Is he um, picking them up after school? Is he helping with homework? Um, what type of time investment is he making if his financial investment is not up to, you know, what you think would be necessary. Some people flat out just said, get another job. Like, what's wrong with Derek having another job? We won't necessarily say he's a deadbeat. He just might not be doing enough, um, which is kind of how I felt on that. I wouldn't be so quick to call this man a deadbeat. I'm not quick to call anybody a deadbeat just off the top because everyone's situation is a little bit different. So I'm going to flat out say, no, Derek is not a deadbeat in my perspective. I think Derek could possibly do more, but that is also dependent upon Derek's situation and his current contribution to their household. Um, I think there are a lot of ways to care for children and help raise children that do not um, surround, that do not consist of money. So, you know, that was my particular take on that. What do you think, Wynn? What did you, I know you were reserving your comments for today also. What what did you think, being a man, especially in this particular situation? Yeah, I mean, as a man who pays child support, I would say I think you got to participate and Mm -hmm. If after all of his bills have been paid, then he that he still has seventy five dollars, then you gotta uh, you got seventy five dollars. What do you mean? You, you know, right. again, I think you've got to do something. Um, I'm not saying again that he should. I'm not going to suggest because when they say bills, I don't know enough to say whether or not this includes food. Mm-hmm. You know, like does, does he have groceries? Or just I'm, I'm, rent I'm like gas? Yeah. Right, so my mm-hmm. assumption is that he has groceries, that he has food, um, So, and like $75 is what's left over after everything. So if you still have, you know, food and, and gas to get back and forth to work um, and you're a parent, you've got to help with your child. It's just that simple. And, again, at the same time, I don't know if the man does it. Like I said, does he have 
you know, is he spending time with them? That's definitely an important. But ultimately, again, it goes back to when you have children, you have to help pay if you can. Now, if he didn't have a job, and you know, at, at the current time, that's one thing. Then okay, I get it. But you got seventy-five dollars, so do something. Um, something is better than nothing. And ultimately, I think what it does is we've got to forget. We forget that as parents, sometimes um, we we're not even as parents that we're, at all times we are setting. Um, examples, and so what our what we do, our children see. So as if you have a son or a daughter, your son or daughter is going to see you doing or not doing. And so what does what kind of is that the type of example you want to set? Um, is that the type of thing that you want them to do, or you know would you want better for them? And so you have to do something to say, listen, you know, again, if all I got is seventy five dollars, I can do something. You could yep. do something, you know. Again, you might not be able to do it, and I'm not, you know, I didn't jump on the bay. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon that he needs a second job. And some people on the post were talking about he needs to, he shouldn't have cable or. For, I'm not going to even get into all of that. It's just if you <laughs> have seventy-five dollars, <laughs> yeah, if you have seventy-five dollars and you have a child, like do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do something to help, and then again, you know, and and you know, and do something. That's that's the you know what I can say. Because as a man, you cannot just sit there and do nothing. I'm sorry. I don't think he's a deadbeat, based upon the scenario given. But you got it, brother. You got to do something, man. I'm not saying brother. I'm saying man. You have to do something in order to uh, make sure that your child, son or daughter, knows that financially, as well as emotionally, as well as spiritually. Um, as well as you know, like I said, so you got to give your time, you got to give your money, you got to give every every resource you have. You have to be present in your child's life. Period. Point blank. You got to be present in every area. That's what I think. I don't think dudes are deadbeat, but I think you you know you got to do something. You got seventy five dollars again, and I hate child support. I'm just gonna throw it out there. I don't think I, I don't like child support, but I don't like it. I understand why the system is in place. But I don't. I'm not a fan of it. So I think that's something that you know two grown people should be able to work out. But if two grown people were able to work things out, they probably wouldn't be either in divorce court or they wouldn't be not together right. in the first place. So so I get mm-hmm. I get why the system is in place. So, cause of what you think, man? Go ahead. Oh Jesus! First, giving honor to God, who's the head of my life. <laughs> The pastor of my church and uh, the clergy and all its members. I just want to say that I I felt like if anything, we learned that a lot of people are hurting. Like on both sides, a lot of people are hurting. Um, I feel like the meme itself gave a lot of wiggle room. Like, I mean, it was real vague. It didn't really just go into all of what could be and what couldn't be. But if we just go off the general. No, I think Derek is a deadbeat, but I do think that, you know, I, I agree with Winfrey. you got to be able to, one, be willing to do whatever you can do. Because, like, even if you don't make a lot, the effort to be there goes over way much more than you'd ever know. And, you know, everybody's situation is different. Everybody got a different story to tell. That's fine. But as the man, make the effort. That's all you can do is make the effort. Now, if anything outside of that happens, you know, it's light. It goes that way. Uh, yeah, it's a heavy pill to swallow, but that's just the way it goes. Um, 
yes, it costs money to be involved, and, you know, no, you may not have that type of money, but, I mean, you got something. Put something in the pot. Don't just, you know what I mean, tippy-toe around the situation like, I mean, woe is me. Because woe is me doesn't. Raise a baby. That's nothing. That's nothing. <laughs> so I, I felt like it was a lot of different avenues that could be touched. A lot of, well, why isn't this this? Why isn't this that? Like the main one is, you know, stuck in my head. If he's not paying child support, is that an ordered thing? Is that a, a range thing? Is that a, you know what I mean? Like, because there are a lot of women who genuinely don't believe in putting the dad on child support. So does that mean that Derek is paying money up front? Or, I mean, like, I don't know, man. There's just too many empty gaps. But ultimately, no, I don't feel Derek is a deadbeat. I do feel like, you know, you should raise your hand to be there at any given time. I don't think that any parent should be in hiding. I don't feel like, you know, uh, any one parent should carry the burden or the full load by themselves. I think both parents should be trying to do the most and the best that they can. That's what I think. Gayla? Gayla, what you think? All right. Well, so I think a lot of assumptions were made during the conversation um, based on people's experiences, and it just clouded too many um, people's perspectives on the whole thing. So sometimes the conversation didn't even really flow like it needed to. I don't think everybody was trying to see other people's perspectives. So it's like, you know, once you decided Derek was a deadbeat and he just was and there was no turning back. Um, but in my own experience, I made less than, so in the, the meme it says he makes like $12 or something an hour. And I remember when I was, when I first started out after college with my little job, I made less than $12 an hour and I still supported my child. So when I saw the meme, I'm like, oh, well, what could I assume about him? I assume that he has all his bills covered, and this is $75 worth of fun money, and he should be doing something for his child. <laughs> and that was the assumption I wanted to have because surely he's responsible enough to take care of himself. So this, so he has $300 a month that he could use toward part of that toward his child. Then he has to be all of it. And I was thinking, okay, so when I was, you know, making what I was making and I figured out a way to get whatever those things were that I wanted. And I think basically the gist of what everybody's saying is, like, what are you doing to be creative to make sure that your child has those things that they need and make sure they know their love and some of the things they want. And, um, well, yeah. And then, okay, and I have this philosophy, married people <laughs> support their children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if he were in a home, let's say they were married and he were making nothing, would he still be a baby? That's fair. I don't think the man's a be. I do think he could do more, though. But there's always room for improvement. <laughs> one of the, I think one of the one of the, I think the reason why I, I thought this is a good a good idea to have this one as a hot topic is because I think this again not only goes to how we um, how we 
put the responsibility because also responsibility on one another, or we just assume. But also, I think this is you know we we believe or we say that one of the biggest reasons um, that we you know that we have issues is because of the lack of the father in the home. And I think the thing that we don't realize is that there is no decent, halfway decent man, no halfway decent man um, who has children um, halfway decent. Again, I'm not saying mm-hmm. any man. I'm saying halfway decent. I just got to keep saying that. Who does mm-hmm. not feel some kind of way about not being in his child's life and not being able to support his child um, in a certain way. And so, you know, whether – and if we can't afford to provide a certain lifestyle for um, our child, whether we're with the, the with the mother or not, um, that does make us feel uncomfortable or insecure or whatever as a man. And I think we've got to realize that. I, I mean, it's not to say that it's an excuse um, or that he shouldn't do anything as a man, but sometimes. Uh, we have to look at the scenario to say, okay, who is this person? Is this person doing the best that they can right now? And are they in the process of trying to do better? Um, because I know many brothers, I know many brothers who, you know, when the situation started, might have only been able to give $75 a week, but that quickly turned into, not quickly, but over time turned into hundreds, you know, of dollars or thousands of dollars a month because they were able to work through you know, whatever issues they had, get better jobs, get raises, except, you know, start their own business, and, and then they, you know, and they try to do more. So I think we got to think about that, too, because ultimately, again, it's, it can be a temporary scenario or a temporary situation and not a permanent thing that he only has $75 a week mm-hmm. and might just be where he is right now. So I think we got to think about that, because ultimately, again, All I know is it's I not just you need money. You need, you need money, and don't get me wrong. You need money, you need more money. But at the same time, you got to do the best that you can with where you got with where you are. And I think once you do that, you should be okay. So, I don't know. All right, good topic. So, so We're going to move on because I know. Oh, go ahead. What's that? I was just going to say, so do you think insecurity is what causes avoidant behavior? No, men decide to be absent because uh, a lot of times you call it, uh, you would call it selfish. You know, one of my favorite words, that's mm-hmm. what you call it. It's called selfish. And it's because even though he may be right in his thinking, it's selfish because the only person losing is the child. And a lot of times a guy may look at it and be like, you know, nobody understands what I'm going through. They only see the end result is this or that, and they take it out on everybody. When that shouldn't be the case because, like I said, the most important person in the whole situation is the child. So no matter, you know what I mean, if, if you're – if you're being treated the way you're supposed to be treated or you're being talked about the way you're supposed to be talked about, none of that matters. The only person that matters in the whole situation is the child. And anything outside of that is being selfish. That's just what it is. No way to cut the mustard. And, I mean, sure, you have the right to be that way. But because of the problem with that, or not the problem, but I think the underlying thing is the insecurity 
is what starts this. So because of the insecurity, again, and we're not making sense, I think that the insecurity builds on top of that because you don't know what to do and because you don't know how to handle the stress or the strain or whatever, then because insecurity is nothing more than you saying that you're unsure. And you're not, and so because you're unsure, I think we do selfish things in order to protect ourselves. So I, I, I don't fair. know. That's fair. Okay, I'll take that. I mean, it all goes back to, you know, the very beginning. You know what I mean? We have to, for real, listen to what each other are saying because, like I said, man, it takes two. Like, it doesn't matter how super of a mom that person is or how super of a dad that person is. It still takes both of y'all to be double super to make adult kids. Like, it's not going to happen with just one. I mean, not that it can't. I'm not discrediting people that have done it by themselves. That's not what I'm saying. What yeah, I'm saying is ultimately, <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, you know, yeah. ultimately, uh, it, it takes two. Man. Mm-hmm. It definitely takes two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I got a boy with dust fan. Folks listen to me for the comma for the comma, boy. <laughs> comma the semicolon. Like, uh-uh, I heard what you said. Like, oh, my God, you didn't listen with the comma? It was a comma then. Comma semicolon. <laughs> well, you are very <laughs> daddy. Um, Jelly. Interesting. All right, let's go ahead and jump out because we gotta. Um, yeah, let's go. Um, let's let's jump back into this discussion to another discussion uh, because again, I think yeah, it's, that's a tough one. I think that it's, it's definitely tough. I will say, you know, again, if you are a parent, if you're a parent, if you're a mother, if you're a mother or a father, you gotta. You gotta be present. You gotta be present it, because it's a it leaves a lasting um, impression that is very difficult to um, that's very difficult to heal and shake. And a lot of times, even you know, it's something that a lot of people never recover from. So be present. If it's not you know, if you don't have the money, that's that's fine. I get it. Trust me, I get that it's it's uncomfortable, but be there. You know, be there. Be there to impart uh-huh. wisdom. Be there to, you know, to play with your children. Be there to talk to your kids. Be there to, you know, be there um, so that way your, you know, your children don't have to grow up without you because we got, we got enough, we have enough wounded adults um, largely in part to, you know, having broken parents. And so let's, let's try to change that. So, all right. Um, so real quick, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And then after the break, we are going to um, finish up this topic. Um, we got the evolution of hip hop by Young Blaze, so we'll be right back, um, and then we will uh, finish off the show. On the school. I'm flipping, break it down till it's slow. The rhythm I hold, keep 
like the dialect when I can hose If you don't know, I'm into this We can straight up get into this I can depict the lane from a gameplay like Genesis Baby, we know What you can check the CeeLo I can take a little from the middle From the vast planes of a zero into a hero Taking reality to a bliss I serve it to a couple of MCs to list But dismiss, my life is getting limits So I serve it a twist I give it a French kiss and do it like this
don't know what y'all talking Cause this a part of my life But the funny thing is I'm joking Hell good it sounds to rap lies Here's the way The things that you guys can think of 
that would be beneficial for you know, for couples to do to be able to say, listen, we want to maintain a loving relationship, but we also at the same time want to be able to deal with the serious and real issues that are causing the breakdown in our relationship. That was kind of a deep question, but I'm going to let y'all answer that one because yeah, I felt that one. Hold on. Go ahead, Q, I'm going to let you go first. Q, Q you go first. You... I think that we have to know that the other is going to be there when it's all said and done. Um, I think that might be harder to do for some that are not in long-term relationships, like marriages, so to speak. But I speak from a place, you know, nine times out of ten is from a married place. And I think if you are in a relationship that you want to grow and recognize that there needs to be a change made, I think the first thing that you can do once you decide to make that step together is to recognize that this is not going to be easy. This is going to be very hard most days until we get a handle on this thing. But I need you to know that because I'm willing to do this thing with you, because I love you this much, however this is, I'm going to be here at the end of this. At the end of every day when we lay down at night, I'm going to be here, whether I'm mad at you, whether I'm in love with you like I've never been before, whether I really don't have a whole lot of work, I'm going to still be here and present with you. I think so many times we don't move to make the first step in, this rela- in, in, in our relationships because we have the fear of being the only one moving or the only one left standing when it's all said and done. So no one's willing to put themselves in that vulnerable space to say, I really do need you, but I need you to do this with me just as much as I need to do this for myself. And when you know that you have someone that's willing to walk with you, I say that all the time, when you walk with, when you do life with someone, when you're walking in life with someone, to know that they truly have your back, whatever you say out of your, you know, whenever you get to that, to that tough spot, knowing that, okay, I'm accepting of that. I'm willing to work through that thing with you because you were honest enough with me to give that to me. That's where I think we can start to have those tough conversations because if we're still always trying to operate from a place of protecting myself, then there's no protection for the unit. And I think that's kind of how we have to give and take. Sometimes you have to give up a little bit of yourself to make the whole ship sail. So that's, that's my, as the first show on this, I would think the first thing to do would be to say, I got you, you know, and to really mean it, to have that, that conversation where you know that the other one's got you and that you're willing to take that walk together. I like that. Is it my turn? Okay. So I'm just thinking um, self-awareness is key and, and understanding how you're going to, I guess, play your role and make your role the best one for this, you know, this act of life and, Make sure we're, like I said, working toward that goal that we said we have set for ourselves. And then I think it's important to always assume that your partner has um, good intentions for you and and means the best for you. It's not magic it's called third degree. So even, you know, even if you, if if they're making a mistake or they do something, even if it's something that you know, um, if they do something to push your buttons, Purposely, <laughs> well, mm. I'm going to assume that you have my heart in mind, and I'm going to forgive you for being a jerk. 
and um, mm-hmm. and that just goes along with putting yourself in their shoes. Maybe they're upset about something else. Maybe they're taking something else out on me right now. But we said we're going to work toward this common goal, so we're going to keep pushing toward it. And I'm going to be self-aware enough to not aggravate the situation more. And then I think listening is just important. Just listen to hear what they're saying and not only to respond. I learned that the best way to win in these situations is to pull your representative out of that. Be your real self so that way they don't have nobody to love and accept but you. And then that way everything can carry on because a lot of times we fall for each other's representative when we don't even really know each other going in or out, period. No way. And by the time you done broke up with them, you don't know that person no way. You met their nickname. You know what I mean? You don't know them by their real first and last name. You know them by Lil Puka Man or whoever he go by or, you know, who quick quick over there or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know each other like that. And a lot of times we just got to really take time to actually know each other. So my thing would be time, man. Take more time. Yeah. I think you know what I think one of the big probably the biggest thing that I have the biggest thing that I have learned in this process is the ability to give and I'm gonna give I'm gonna sound real preachy here for a second, but the ability to extend mercy on a level that is uncomfortable, Um, meaning even when you say something or do something that hurts me, because um, I value you, I'm going to take it, and instead of giving you back what you gave me, I'm going to give you something better. I'm going to say that what your words hurt me and make me feel bad but I still have to learn how to respond in kindness and as much as possible in a loving manner, even though your words cut me and hurt me or what you did hurt me. And now let me, again, now let me give the caveat. Um, This does not say or mean that in any manner um, you should take abuse um, Mm -hmm. or anything like that. But what it does say is that, excuse me, that humans are human and that just because a person um, says something to you or does something to you does not mean that you have to, again, respond with the same thing that they give to you, Uh, number one. Number two, I think the thing that we have to learn how to do is even in our response, our loving and merciful responses, we have to kind of, to go back to what we talked about before, we have to do it in the truthful manner, meaning that um, I can't allow you to be dysfunctional. So if you're talking crazy to me, I can't, you know, I can't talk crazy to you back. I respond in the, in the right way, but I also address the fact that it is unacceptable for you to talk to me like that. And I say it in a way that, again, that doesn't create even more, you know, of an argument but lets you understand that this is the standard of this relationship. The standard of this relationship is we are going to treat each other a certain way. 
So I'm not going to continue to allow you to treat me like this, but at the same time, I'm not going to continue to go and um, I'm not going to, you know, like I'm not going to try to come back to you, come back at you. So, again, it, it continues the crazy cycle because that, to me, right there is a sign um, of security. I know who I am, so your words, even though they hurt, they don't change who I am. Your words can hurt me, yes. But especially if they're words from somebody who loves you, but I understand because I understand who I am, I know that what you just said is not who I am. It's a reflection of how you feel about this situation or how you feel about yourself given what's going on. So so I think that's a, a really good way to respond um, and a really good foundation to do. And as we do that, I think we, again, we diffuse the situation we kind of feel a certain way about ourselves, but at the same time, again, we don't go back and forth and continue to just to like wound each other, because after a while, you know, even a bunch of small a bunch of small wounds turn, you lose a lot of blood, and you mm-hmm. lose enough blood, you're dead. So, oh shoot, we got two minutes left. Goodness gracious! All right, mm-hmm. all right, we're gonna keep this going next week, so y'all come back. We're going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Y'all come back now, you hear? Yeah, so y'all come back next week. Man, we got two minutes. Goodness gracious. All right, two minutes and 30 seconds. Um, go ahead, Gayla, give um, your last word. Two minutes and 30 seconds, so don't be long. Uh, Gayla Lynn, give your, uh, give your final word. I'm saying goodnight to my child, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> I appreciate you having me. I enjoyed myself. It was a very good discussion. I learned some things, and I hope our listeners learned something too. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hello? I just want to say, yeah, I just want to say, fellas, keep your hands off them ladies, man. Keep your hands off them ladies. That ain't cool in no realm at all. I don't care if you're famous. I don't care if you're average Joe. Keep your hands off the ladies. And uh, outside of that, keep it petty. Make somebody smile. Way to go. Q? Um, I would like everybody to come back next week so you can get the part two of this awesome Black Love series that we got going. I'm so excited to be having these conversations with you guys. Um, you have no idea. So be sure and stay in the group. Keep up with our combos and come back next week. Oh, can I get right, one real quick? Go ahead. My birthday Saturday. That's all. Happy birthday. Hey. Happy birthday. Oh, birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Um, let me say For thank sure. you to everybody who listened, everybody who tuned in. We appreciate you. Uh, please continue to stay with us during this series and invite your friends. Let's have some serious discussion about this because we want to get better um, as a community. So please tune in every week. And if you missed the beginning of the show, go back and listen to the replay. The same link. Uh, that show link, you can definitely listen to the replay and pass it along. We got to get better. Um, So I hope you guys come back next week. I hope you enjoyed this week's show. Um, Don't forget tomorrow we've got the word on Wednesday with Dr. Burns. On uh, Monday we've got the Soul Cafe with Tina Reed. On Thursdays now, um, every other Thursday, we have the Queen Conversation. Um, So definitely tune in uh, to those. And don't forget to go to newboexposure.org and download your free copy 
of Nouveau Exposure. If you're not in the Scoop group, you need to do it on Facebook. Just look for the Scoop, and we'll get you in so you can enjoy some of these conversations. Q, Cuzzo, Legayla, love you guys. Appreciate you guys. Um, have a good week, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a good night. So I try to keep it low when you knock me to the floor because I don't want to would you believe this love is forever, girl? And would you take this long, sweet road and pull it together? Baby, if this is goodbye, I want one last try. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.